Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm going to tell you, it, it made sense after I got through, because there's things you got to work through. It's not, yeah. it does one, you got to be okay with shedding some tears on a camera because it's going to happen. And it takes some time to get to work through that. But the one thing that, that people didn't like when you go through the VA is they want you to write everything down, write your story down, get used to writing it down, write it down. And and you get tired of doing that. And podcasting did that same thing for me without me realizing it. It got me used to talking about it and, and telling that story. And every time it was with a different person or a different reason, but the same story was coming up. And it got me used to talking about these feelings to the point where they were still hard feelings to talk about and deal with, but I knew what to expect and I knew I could get through them. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and but we are getting off the Bruce train today, though I'm sure he will come up, and I am visiting with a fellow podcaster, an Army veteran. Thank you for your service. And I think someone who does a kind of cool thing, their nonprofit, Donald Dunn, welcome to the podcast. I appreciate it, man. I've been looking forward to this all week. That is so good to hear. Before we hit record, you were telling me you had a little bit of struggle getting here, but you're here. You're ready to talk music. We're ready to talk podcasting. So this will be a lot of fun. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. So tell us a little about yourself. So I went in the military in 94, got married right out of high school to my junior high sweetheart and uh, 20 years in the military after 9-11, just like other, any other veteran, we was kept pretty busy. So I spent 68 months uh, between Bosnia, Iraq and got out, opened up a trucking company. I, I tell everybody I picked a great place to retire, just a horrible place to find a job. So I created a job by starting my own trucking company. I was a mechanic by trade and couldn't find work. That was during the time, if everybody remembers when Ford and everybody was getting bailout money and that. I did that for six years and I ended up closing it right after COVID and I moved down to the Missouri area to help take care of my mom. And that's where I discovered podcasting. Me and my old first sergeant started our podcast called Two Drunk Dudes in a Gun Room. It started out just as a fun podcast for us to get reunited with some of our old military buddies and to highlight veterans that were just doing some cool stuff. 
And it turned into way more than that. It began turning into therapy for me. I was going through some hard times that I really wasn't ready to deal with. Like a lot of other veterans, the VA wasn't my thing. And I had seen some, got some help in the past. And then I got off that train and went back to not so productive ways. And I found podcasting and never done it before. And by the end of season one, I was hooked. And by the end of season one, I was talking about things that I never talked about with therapists. And after the, it was over with, I got to the point where I didn't care whether one person listened to my show or 10,000 people listened to the show because I realized how much it was helping myself. And so season two came around and the, my host, my co-host dropped off and I just kept it going. And I had my first musician come on the show who was a veteran. His name was Scotty Hastings. Uh, he had been shot uh, 10 times in Afghanistan and picked up a guitar during COVID um, for the same reasons, because COVID took away his therapy. He was a Paralympian and because of COVID that wasn't going around. So he learned how to play guitar. And so music took him down the therapy type of life lessons. And so when I was listening to him, I realized he's got a, a similar problem that us podcasters have. And I'm sure you come across this too. It is so hard to get people to hear your show. You get buried within the algorithms of Spotify and all these other places. And unless you've just got some sort of amazing niche or tens of thousands of dollars to throw at advertising, yeah. it is hard. It really and is. And for me, it didn't matter because it was therapy. I, I enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed talking to the different people and learning different stuff. And if it helped somebody, that was great, but it was definitely helping me. Yeah. So I, 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 what I wanted to say that I get often asked by people advice on podcasting and I all, I give them the same answer. I say that first, make sure your subject is broad enough that you don't run out of things to talk about. You need to have a topic that is broad enough that it will sustain multiple episodes. Two, have three or four can episodes in the can because unexpected things will happen. Your guests will not be able to show up because they were worried their son had COVID. And, right. And third, make sure it's something you enjoy, you would want to do if no one listened. Because there I have a podcast that gets very few downloads. And I don't care. Because once a week, I meet with my buddies and we talk about something I want to talk about. And if people listen, good. If they don't, that's okay. Because the enjoyment of me is having the conversation. And I love the idea that, you know, right, I, f I found redemption in the hood of an old car. I'm, I'm bangling Springsteen's lyrics, but you found redemption, re re healing by sharing your story and hearing other people share that story. That's beautiful. And I'm going to tell you, it, it made sense after I got through because there's things you got to work through. It's not, yeah. it does one, you got to be okay with shedding some tears 
on a camera because it's going to happen. And it takes some time to get to work through that. But the one thing that, that people didn't like when you go through the VA is they want you to write everything down, write your story down, get used to writing it down, write it down. And, and you get tired of doing that. And podcasting did that same thing for me without me realizing it. It got me used to talking about it and, and telling that story. And every time it was with a different person or a different reason, but the same story was coming up and it got me used to talking about these feelings to the point where they were still hard feelings to talk about and deal with, but I knew what to expect and I knew I could get through them. And when I had that first artist come on, I knew instantly he was going through that same thing through music. The big difference was now those algorithms did mean something to him because he's trying to put food on his table with his therapy. For me, it was just therapy. I have a job. So I'm spending money podcasting. I'm not making money doing it for him. You know, this is a, a dream that he wanted to be a musician, but it was also therapy. And I realized how important it is at that point that if you're a veteran and you gave up on your dreams, that, that's a shame that you're, you started pursuing your dreams that late in life. And because it was tough or whatever you gave up, but man, it's even harder when that dream is actually the one type of therapy that was working for you. Yeah. That's when I realized we've got to do something to, to at least make it to where you can continue pursuing. I'm not saying that anybody that I help is ever going to be the next Joe Rogan or, or the next Garth Brooks or yeah. any of that. But if I can get somebody to podcast long enough to where they can find a resource that they can talk with uh, a 501c that can help them and they can succeed that long, then it's a win. That same artist that we were just talking about, he was actually the first one that signed up to be on our radio station. So <clears throat> jumping forward a little bit, I started a radio station from my podcast. I, I came up with this crazy idea after the third artist. I said, we just got to do something to get these guys away from Spotify and all these algorithm places, just someplace that plays nothing but veteran music and helps just get their names out there just for people to hear them. And Facebook hearing me over my phone said, Hey, let me show him this ad. And I, I seen this ad. It said, start your radio station for $39.95 a month. I, I did. And I realized real quick, it's not as easy as just that. You know, there's copyright issues and, and there's legality. And so I started it as a business. I paid for the licensing through ASCAP and, and BMI. And uh, man, it grew, it, it grew way faster than I expected. And uh, we went from that one artist, Scotty Hastings, to just under 100 artists now, probably five, 600 songs, three different stations. Uh, we have a rock station, a country station, and a mix station. And that one artist just now recently signed a, a record deal with a, a company and is in the booth doing a duet with Dolly Parton. That is how awesome, not that I had any do with any of that it's all him but it's yeah. just cool that, that how fast all that stuff has happened several of these artists got heard being played on our radio station and other organizations have helped them get in with 
Zach Brown has a writer's convention for veterans every year at his nonprofit camp. And he sent them to hit their camp for him to give writers lessons. It's called Camp Southern Ground there in Georgia. And they got invited by being heard on our radio station. So there was a lot of cool stuff that, that happened with that. And from there, it grew into, we started a, a podcasting slash streaming program. And I'm getting ready to start a author slash blogging program for people that are trying to get books wrote and stuff like that. And we put it all under one nonprofit called Heroes Voices Media Foundation, because I just believe there is great ways to use media as getting methods of therapy to, to get people out of their houses. The goal is to get people to start talking, use media as the beginning resources, get them coming out to these live, live conventions and tournaments. Even if you're a gamer and, and we can have live tournaments and get people surrounding themselves with other veterans yeah. and other programs that can come around and say, Hey, we know somebody has got a program that can help you and so forth and show them that there's other things out there besides the VA. Yeah. And just because that experience doesn't mean that's the all and be all there's other programs out there. Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner. And Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash Pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. Hey folks, Stephen Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Yeah. So I want to go back. I always like to start at the beginning. So talk about where you grew up. 
and what kind of music was in the household when you were uh, a young one? I was adopted by my grandparents, so it was extremely old country music. So, okay. Uh, some some old George Jones and Conway Twitty, and my dad was a huge Dolly fan. They loved that stuff, and about the only thing that stuck with me was George Jones. I I do like George Jones, but okay. that's about it. It's about as country as I can get. Um. <laughs> yeah, I there's. I often joke there's two kinds of guests for me that that the people that embrace their parents' music and just expand it to that they find their own voice and or the people that reject it and then maybe come back like when they're 30 and go, maybe that Johnny Cash guy had a little something anyway. So it sounds like you were ready for rock and roll. You wanted something. Yeah. So what were you listening to? What were your favorite bands? So I still remember when I was really young, Michael Jackson came out with a uh, thriller and, yeah. and, and my dad came unglued. <laughs> I had the album and I played it and played it. I loved it. Yeah. And that's where that's from there. It went into rock and roll and yeah. um, Bon Jovi. I loved, I remember as a kid listening to living on a prayer over an open radio, just absolutely loved Bon Jovi. And that was the kind of music that I, I stuck with almost all the way up into high school. And then it was into the, the hair rock and that I'm still there, you yeah. know, nation and uh, turbo on Sirius XM. And the, there's a few rock guys with my radio station that I listen to a guy yeah. named Shannon. He, and he's real similar to those kind of styles. And I, that's probably why I originate so much to him. Yeah. Is, Kind of got a, a little bit of a Creed slash Nickelback kind of vibe to him. So that's nice. And why did you decide to join the military? I got married right out okay. of high school. And, uh, I needed a job. That was really the main thing. I was never. So in 94, when I came in, there was really nothing going on. And uh, it was hard right out of high school. I wanted to go to college. I didn't have the money. I definitely did not have the grades. Yeah. I was that student that the the teachers <clears throat> were pretty convinced that I wasn't going to amount to crap. And so I needed, I needed something that somebody with no skills could do. And the army is pretty taking those kind of people. Okay. That's where I went and I got married and didn't see my wife again for, about a year and a half after that. And that was one of those things where there's only one place that they could send me that you can't come. The odds of that happening are very slim to none. And oops. Happened. So I went yeah. to AIT and then straight to Korea. <laughs> Obviously it suited you because you made a career out of it. What about it? Do you think you enjoyed? So I'm going to, it's funny. You ask every military guy and, and anybody that says, from the day I got in, I knew I was going to make 20 years out of this. They're yeah. a liar. Every soldier from the time they got in said, I can't wait till I'm done with this crap. I'm getting out. And then when you get closer to that day coming, you start getting nervous because you realize that once you get out, there's no guarantees anymore. Right. And 
while you're in, you're guaranteed medical, you're guaranteed a check, and there'll always be food on your table and, and roof over your head. And those securities are pretty important, especially when you start having kids and life is comfortable at home because, you know, the saying is very true, happy wife, happy life. Yes. And so when you can come home and the wife and the kids are happy because there is food on the table and there is a roof over the head, it brings peace at mind. And I never realized this until I got out, but all the economical problems that happened in the 20 years that I was in, the ups and downs, the good and the bad, while you're in the military, you don't really notice them because the price of things pretty much stay the same for the most part on base. The gas is fairly same. And I do that for a reason because our pay stays pretty much the same. Notice that as much for the most part as what the civilian side of the world does. Yeah. And I think that's another reason why there's such a disruption from when the soldiers get out. There's that culture shock, even though we're much older, no matter how much you think you're prepared for it, there's no more safety vests or that boat to get in when the ship's going down. And uh, the stress and everything that comes about it, us military guys, we only have one emotion that we're trained to deal with anything and that's anger we attack everything out of anger and it makes it hard to deal with anything with that kind of emotion problem solving usually goes out the window and a lot of times we try to self-medicate with alcohol or something else just creates more problems and i think that's where it all runs into problems so for me it was stability every time i got close to getting out and started looking at the the differences in money from what I was making in versus what they were making on the outside. I just chose to stay in because I, I wanted to keep surviving with what I was had and what, what everything that was going on. And I think that's where things got bad for me too, because when I got out, I was used to making X dollars and there was no company that was going to start me at that because the, the military's technology is years behind what the civilian technology is. And so we were trained in different skills and it wasn't about technology. It was about get the vehicle fixed and get it moving forward before somebody gets killed. So yeah. they didn't care you know, being able to pick what part was bad. It was change the whole thing and get the whole thing yeah, back. Get together. it going quickly. My, my father was 20 years in the military. He was an armored division. We, I, I spent a lot of time in near Fort Knox, Kentucky, it used to be called Fort Polk. It isn't anymore. They've changed that there in Louisiana. And he told, when anyone would talk to him, he'd say, when you sign up for the shortest stint you can, because they will always let you reenlist. Yep. But if you sign for a longer one and you decide you don't like it, there is no, hey, I've changed my mind. And I always thought that was pretty good advice. It is, I want to get a little bit more into post-career uh, because I, my mom will not, like, there was that Lifetime show, Army Wives, and my mom's, I can't watch it. I've lived it. I can't watch it. And she has said that I was in the third grade when dad went to Vietnam, so I don't remember a lot of differences but my mom said he was a very different man after coming back from Vietnam. And the other question I had is, I'd love your thoughts on, 
I had a really good friend who served two tours on a submarine. And he said a lot of problems that he finds is that for him, three months where you're running silent, you don't hear from your family, they don't hear from you, or like yourself, you're stationed overseas and your spouse, no matter the sex, has to do everything on their own. And all of a sudden, the service person shows up and it's, I'm used to doing this without you. I'm used to making these decisions without you. You've got to adjust to me. So talk to me a little bit. Is that something you see often with, with the servicemen and service women? Absolutely. You see it in the, the younger soldiers that got married. When they get home, they're, they run the household. The father figure is the punisher and it's my rules and everything else. And then he goes away for a year and mom is that person. Yeah, And then comes home, he tries to step in that role again, but there's friction now because mom has been doing it. And she has learned that when dad takes over and then has to leave again, she has to start enforcing those, her rules who are a little bit different and has to work through all that again. And if I learned later it took me a few years to learn that it's just better when i come home that this is the one time it makes a lot more sense for dad to always say what did your mom say because the sooner you accept the fact that you don't run your house because you're visiting the versus living there because like i said i spent 68 months gone that was just in deployments that doesn't account 10 years in, in a special ops community, I was gone a lot of training missions that didn't even count as deployments. I was yeah. rangers and everybody else supporting just training missions. And you add all that up and I probably spent half of my career away from the house, especially things like a year in Korea. That's one whole year that I was gone. And to think that I'm going to come home and all of a sudden we're going to change everything back to new rules. Now it's back to my style again. It just creates problems and it creates fighting back at home. And the thing I seen after 9-11, and I would assume that it was probably the same for the Vietnam era guys, yeah. is those guys after deployments, especially long periods, especially in the early time of the deployments, it does change you. You're not the same guy anymore. And I tell everybody, the military will give you everything that you need to survive all the way down to the emotions that you need to have. And uh, the problem is they're not going to give you the emotions that you need to have when you get back. So you have to learn how to change those emotions. And, and that's what we don't know because you don't even know who you are anymore. And it takes that time to adjust when you come back to figuring out who the new you are. Your spouse has to figure out who the new you are and your kids are going to have to figure it out. And there's no way to answer that question because it's going to be different for every person. Like you was just talking about a guy that's on a submarine for three months. The things that's going to be different for him is the times of being in dark, lonely places compared to a soldier that's on the move on the top of the surface on the ground with other soldiers, the traumas and the things, these are not normal things, everyday things that 
that the human body is designed to, to endure. So we're tribal people. We're designed to be in packs and around normal people. <clears throat> so when you take us out of that element, you have to work through getting back into that lifestyle. And I think also, I read an article that I never thought about before that there are wor certain words that the military trains you not to use. However, but because that is, if you read it, but countermands everything you just said. I think you'd be a great guest for the podcast, but okay. So now I'm going to ignore all of that. Right. And so there is my management style is I really believe in collaboration, right? I like to get my team together. I like, okay, here's our problem. This is what we need to solve. Let's talk about it. Let's feel how we're going to go. Okay. I think this is a good plan. Let's execute. Go. When you got people shooting at you, that's not the plan, right? The plan is. So you are literally, and I know people use the word literally sometimes wrong, but you literally have to change your mindset because in a new work environment, in a new, your family environment, because it is different now. You, I, I will have vets who will say, currently my job is struggling with people coming back in the office. They don't want to come back in the office. They've got used to working from home. And a vet would say, just tell them to. Yeah. It just, yeah, just tell them you've got to. I don't know if we want that culture. Do we want to have them quit? Just, but, right, just tell them. It just, that's, we should have to do that. So I see you smiling. So please give thoughts. Well, I'm in that situation right now. So nope. I opened up uh, my own company for six years. So coming straight out of the military, I worked for myself. Okay. I, I chose that because again, I was a diesel mechanic and I didn't have to deal with people driving a truck. Yeah. It was for me. Now I'm a general supervisor for a maintenance department for a mining company. And yeah. I have to deal with civilians and people and, OSHA regulations and HR departments and everything. And the, the lady in HR actually literally wanted to give me a, a, a tablet that said, uh, it said something along the line. This is the book that HR gave me of everything that I said that they said I shouldn't say. <laughs> <laughs> I was told several times that I'm an HR nightmare, but it, I was the same way. I had to um, learn to adjust to the mentality because I had that same effect on people that when they don't listen, we would occupy energy from people to get your attention, make you physically tired, push up, sit ups, whatever time from you. And that would be enough. I didn't always, it didn't always have to be writing up and, and ruining your career by military regulations. I only had to give you four hours of sleep and it didn't have to be consecutive. I could make you work 20 hours and take your time and that would be more punishment than writing you up to where potentially six years from now you might be a great leader one day yeah but your records might ruin that yeah in the civilian world it's not like that now it's about 
paper coaching and saying we're leaders because we put it on paper. I gave you a verbal warning and yeah. but we're not leading by examples. And that's the big difference from the military, even, even though it's different in how we do it, because the army considers us property and you can physically handle property and the civilian world were considered people and you can't physically handle people. Yeah, exactly. And that's what the difference is. Yeah. I love the story. You talked a little bit about the podcast that you're originally thinking, we'll do this connection. We'll talk about it. Talk about you had that first guest that started sharing music. So talk to me more about that journey. How did you, you shared a little bit of how you started feeling that as you're telling this, but what kind of feedback were you getting from your guest? And when did you start realizing that not only you were healing by this process, but you were helping others in the audience heal. So I would occasionally get messages from some of the soldiers that, that I knew and they, they'd be like, Hey, you don't know how many times I was thinking the same thing you were thinking and just ending things. And I never wanted to say anything. And, and to hear you say it now changed my outlook. And I started hearing stories like that. And I think that felt good, but that was within my inner circle. So that was soldiers that I was stationed with or and still in, in talk to. They were on my Facebook. We would chat back and forth. That felt good because I knew they were hearing it. But one thing that I thought was really cool just recently happened. So on the back of my car, I have a, a little decal it says two drunk dudes in a gun room podcast it's not very big it just sits in the back window and i hired uh, a guy and in the interview i was just joking with him i seen on his resume it said he was in the military and i said what branch were you in he said navy i said oh i said i'm glad you didn't say air force or this interview was over but uh, and uh, so i talked to him for a few minutes and and we ended up hiring him and I don't know, about two weeks ago, he had been working for me for about a month. He came up to me. He said, you're Donald Dunn, right? I said, I, I hope you know that I'm the one that hired you. Yeah. And he said, no, he said, you've got the blue Jeep out there that says two drunk dudes in a gun room on the back of your window. I said, yeah. He said, a buddy of mine that I was stationed with told me, he said, since you've got such a long drive, he said, you need to listen to this podcast. It will help you. And he said, I've been listening to your podcast. He said, I had no idea that it was your podcast. And then I seen the decal on the back of your thing. And then when I seen your name, he said, I started putting it together. He said, dude, he said, your podcast is awesome. I love it. And that felt really cool. Yeah. So that's in the wild, right? Someone that just, yeah, that, that would make, I would, that would make me feel good too. Yeah. That's awesome. So tell me about what's next for the, the nonprofit and the podcast. What do you want to do now? What do you want to do in the future that you haven't been able to do yet? I'm going to tell you, I will give you the, the big overview of where I want okay. this to go. So Heroes Voices Media Foundation is the actual 501c. Yeah. And underneath three programs we have uh, what's called military united podcast streams then we have gunroom radio for the musicians and then we have warrior words for the authors and authors bloggers and article writers 
Okay. Through the programs. In those programs, we have people that are proficient civilians that are proficient in those careers that can help out with how to become better podcasters, streamers. They either do it professionally, they do public speaking. We also bring people in and talk about how to deal with things. On my podcast, I make sure I bring in a lot of people about different types of therapy. So they're, they're, they talk about that type of stuff and it introduces them to a lot of these different types of things. All right. People that want to take this further and they want it to be a career. We also help with getting them known as far as how to produce themselves, how to do, if you're a podcaster or if you're an artist, how to do graphic design, how to read contracts, all those types of things. The big deal that, that we want is we want these veterans that are getting to the point where they want to do this as a career who may never get to the point to experience the same thing as their civilian counterparts. I would like to see the same types of things in place. So there's a, a country music awards, right? You hear it, see yeah. it all the time. I want the VMAs, the veteran of music awards. So I sort of every year having organizations that partner with us to help put that on TV to start that program. I have already started building a Roku channel and everybody remembers MMTV. We have already started or MTV. We've already started building MMTV. So one of the Roku channels will be for all these artists that have created music videos. It's going to be a music, a military music television channel. They'll be free on Roku to help these guys get their music out there and just another platform for them to be seen. The podcasters will also have a channel on there. It'll be like a talk television channel. And again, it's just to help, just another avenue for them to get seen. And uh, the same way we want people to be able to vote. We want to have it centrally located where people can be flown in the red carpet, the press come out and, at some point have a podcaster's version, an author's version, and a music version, three conventions a year. And that's the big picture and, and give these veterans the red carpet treatment that, you know, for, for the, the work that they're putting in, these guys are driving. I got an artist that's on my uh, station. She literally lives in a van and she has drove from South Carolina in this zigzag pattern all through the United States, all the way up to Alaska gigging and is currently still gigging all through the United States out of this van that she lives in trying to make her dreams come true at the same time, still doing therapy and healing from her traumas through the military. If that doesn't deserve somebody that's out there putting in the work, I think you're not going to find a whole lot of people that get out of the military after 20 years that are 45 years old. They're going to get a lot of record deals. Right. Just, no, you know. no, it, it's just, no, it's, it's, if it does it all, it would get one off, right. It's just not going to do. Donald, it sounds like you're hard at work doing, you have a lot of dreams and you're working, a day gig and you're working on this nonprofit and the podcast. Do you ever take a moment to think and look back and f feel at least a little bit of accomplishment? 
because you're doing good work, my friend. I appreciate that, but not yet. Still in the, the building phase and I want to see, I've had a lot of people and even some of the artists tell me that how much they appreciate what we're doing. And I just, I don't feel that we've gotten to where it needs to be yet. And I'm going to tell you, I guess kind of the reason why I feel that way is because I don't feel like, I don't feel like they've gotten any of the recognition that they deserve from any of the industry counterparts. Okay. I don't see, I don't see a whole lot of the music side reaching out to them and offering that helping hand. There's some, like I said, Operation Encore does have, they, they've partnered with some of, of Nashville's big organizations to, that do help out some. They don't yeah. do it for free. And, and, yeah. and it was deals that were made. It wasn't that they reached out and said, hey, but there's some that do help out. But I just think, you know, when you listen to my radio station, if I didn't tell you who they were, you would not know that you weren't listening to some big name star because yeah. some of these are just that good yeah and they're you know professionally recorded music that it just blows your mind away and you just it's music that and and this is what kind of moved me to it is it's music that they lived it you know they're singing about stuff that they lived and they believed in um it's not all about just military stuff some of these guys are singing about coming up through as they were growing up in, in patriotic families. Some are writing a Shannon book. A guy I was talking about was asked to write a song for uh, gold star uh, mothers. And he was asked because he can relate to it, not because yeah. he, it's a mother. And he right. wrote an amazing song called dear mom. Hmm. And um, again, like I said, I, I like his music because he, I do resonate with it because it is similar to Creed Nickelback and, and that kind of genre of music. And uh, man, if, if that doesn't bring tears to your eyes, I don't know what will. You just don't have a heart. Yeah, no, I can imagine. That's awesome. So if there's a message you want to tell my listeners, what would it be? The one thing is if you're dealing with a veteran and you're not sure how to react to them, just remember there, it's not about treating them like a, a victim. Just talk. It doesn't have to be about the trauma. Most of the times on my app, so I, I built an app for my podcast too. And you can also get to the radio station from it. It's called Two Drunk Dudes in a Gun Room. But originally on that app, I had a, a way for people just to message me. And I would get woke up and talk to people I didn't know. And nine times out of 10, it would be a veteran on the other end that I talked to. And we would just talk about random stuff. Never even talked about the stuff that was bothering him. Didn't bring up any of the war stuff. Didn't talk about buddies or any of that type of stuff. We talked about nonsense, got him laughing and he was good to live till the next day. And that's the, the goal. Just talk about some stuff that can get their mind off of it and give them that mental break. Don't try to be the, the savior. That's the biggest thing. Cause I know a lot of people are afraid to approach veterans there. A lot of businesses are afraid to hire veterans. I know everybody says that because you're a veteran, it's easy to get a job, but it's not as easy as you think. Cause everybody's afraid that they're going to freak out on you because they probably got PTSD. And there's a lot of different forms of PTSD and it's not just combat. There's sexual assault and 
a lot of civilians have PTSD. It's a, there's a lot of stuff out there that we just need to make people aware of. And I think that's where we're at is just learning. Yeah. I said, my friend said, all right, I'm going to give you a chance to tell everyone where to find you and the music. But before there, I got to ask you the Mary question. Okay. I end every podcast with the Mary question. If you are checking this out because you're a fan of Donald's uh, podcast or the radio station, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Jay Armstrong was an honors English teacher in the Philadelphia area. He's now retired. But when he was teaching, he would print out Bruce Springsteen's lyrics, Thunder Road, and he would have the students read it, talk about the themes of the song, talk about the lyrics and the images Bruce is portraying. And then he would ask his class at the end of the day, does Mary get in the car? So Donald, that is your question. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? When I listened to it twice, and when I first listened to it, I said, oh, yeah. But after I listened to it the second time, my final answer is she did not get off the porch. Okay. She she stood there, and she listened to him, and she was going to go. And the last statement that he made changed her mind. Okay. And he said, the rest of them are losers. She decided she realized that's the place that she's supposed to be is in that town. Very nice. I love that ending. All right. If someone wants to reach you and hear more about the nonprofit to check out some of the music, how can they? The nonprofit is heroes voices, media foundation.org. And if you want to listen to the radio station, you can download one of two apps. If you're on Android gun room radio or if you're on Apple, the two drunk dudes in a gun room app has, still has the radio player. I'm still working to get it on Apple. They're fighting with me right now to, to get it uploaded, but uh, we're still working with them. And uh, you can also go to gunroomradio.com and you can reach the radio stations from there. If you like country, it's Simplify Country. Rock and Roll is Ranger Rockwave and Vet Mix. If you like all sorts of different kinds of music, those are the three different stations. And then MUPS, Military United Podcast Streams.org, if you are a podcaster. And one other thing, we are in desperate need of anybody. So if you're a veteran or support veterans and you'd like to learn how to become a DJ, we need DJs for any one of the radio stations. So there we, we go. Definitely what we're trying to get is people that want to start their own shows. And we will show you how to do it and help you get started. And you'll be a part of a great organization helping out veteran musicians. So I love that. Donald, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for your service. And thank you for making a difference. Ziegler said a long time ago that if you help enough people get what they want out of life, you'll get what you want out of life. Isn't it interesting that you ended up healing yourself because you were trying to help other people heal. I, yeah, I, I agree. That's a beautiful thing. And I think that's why so many veterans find themselves back in the, the nonprofit world because yeah. there's therapy in yeah. helping. Yeah, I bet. All right, my friend, thank you so much. You, this has been a joy, very insightful, and I wish you continued success. 
listeners, go download the app, check out the website, go to listen to some music. And for now, be safe, be kind, and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Fed Listening Bruce. The theme for Set Lessing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.